Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, we want to remember and pay tribute to a special Samaritan's Purse family member, Lena Freiler. Lena was welcomed by our Heavenly Father into His presence on Friday, October 9th. As we grieve her loss and we pray for John and their family and friends, we wanted to offer condolences and pay tribute to her life. Here on earth, we live in attention, heartbroken for those who we've lost, but we rejoice as they are in the arms of Jesus. We're reminded of Paul's words in Philippians that says, to live is Christ and to die is to gain. We know that Lena is with our Savior, but we still grieve and have lost a dear sister. Lena was an instrumental part of the foundation of the Samaritan's Purse Family Support Ministry. She was a prayer warrior, a dear sister, and she supported and loved the ministry and looked out for the morale of everyone. We wanted to have a special episode in honor of her life, and we wanted to share John's words from a previous devotion earlier this year. As we start out the episode, we're going to play a clip from Susan Wilcox. When I interviewed her back a year ago, we talked about the foundation of the Samaritan's Purse Family Support Ministry, and she couldn't talk about the ministry without talking about Lena, as she was foundational in the start of this ministry. Here's what she had to say. I will never forget the night when I met Lena Freiler. And, and she grabbed my arm at a Samaritan's Purse event. And she was a gift of God for me. The Lord knew I was going to need her in the place that he asked us to serve, this new place. And so after talking with her there, and she took her mask off, and she became transparent with me and shared her feelings. It, I could identify with those feelings, and it's like, she understands me. And we thought, well, if we're, we feel this way as spouses, I'm sure there's other spouses that feel the same way. And so she had to start meeting on the Samaritan's Purse campus, and we started praying together, seeking the heart of the Lord. We'd pray over each building or each department. We prayed over each employee, each spouse, each family member. And as time went on, the Lord birthed this ministry. And it's amazing what God has done to encourage, to love, to support, and help families feel a part, feel significant, that they have purpose, that they play a part in the role that they have been called to do. For like I said before, God calls the whole family. So it's important that they feel that they're a part and significant. And now we want to play a devotion from John. I know that it's comforting in the dark to be reminded of what God told you in the light. And so I want to share this devotion as he gives great hope of our life and the race that God has given us to run and the reminder that we need to stay faithful to God and the calling that he's given us here on earth. Well, good morning, everybody. So real quickly, if you have your, if you have your Bible, Bibles, your iPhones, I want to look at verse uh, in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. I'll read it here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. 
You know, this is a great verse and there's so many directions you could take that verse, but due to time, I just wanna look at one phrase and it's this, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, the author of Hebrews uh, compares our Christian life to a race. Um, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. And this isn't the only verse in the Bible that talks about the Christian life being a race. Paul in 2 Timothy writes this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And again, in 1 Corinthians chapter nine, he says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. You know, in a race, we have a goal. And what's that? It's to win it, right? We wanna win, or at least place. Um, in the Christian life, we have a goal, and that's to glorify God, is to fulfill God's purposes for us. And you know, there's an old adage that said, it's not how you start the race, that counts, but how you finish. And I believe that's true. How will we finish? If you and I had to track our Christian life from the beginning until now, how would it look? Where would we be? Um, how will you and I finish the Christian life? You guys, the 17 uh, folks here uh, just started today or just started in orientation today. You know, how will you finish at SP? How will I finish at SP? You, uh, you know, by finishing well, um, you know, we want to finish well, and when I say by finishing well, either at SP or in life in general, I would define finishing well as having an intimate walk with God and completing all that he's asked us to complete. <clears throat> um, and so I came across a paper that was written by Dr. J. Robert Clinton. He's a professor of leadership at Fuller Seminary, and he spent years conducting uh, Christian leadership studies and uh, teaching on Christian leadership and in an exhaustive search of the Bible, he identified approximately a thousand leaders in the Bible. And of, you know, and most were only mentioned by name, but of those thousand leaders, there's about a hundred that you can track, and there's about 50 that you can track from the beginning of their life to the end of their life. And so, you know, of these leaders in the Bible, how do you think they finished? Or I should say, how many, how many finished well? What percentage finished well? And it turns out only 30%. Only 30% of these biblical leaders finished well. That means 70% didn't. You know, that's kind of shocking. And uh, there's anecdotal, he goes on, he says there's anecdotal evidence today that indicates this ratio is probably generous, that even today only one, less than one in three Christian leaders are finishing well. So that's like if you look at the person on your right, or you look on, and then you look at the person on your left, only one of you guys will finish well, according to these statistics. <laughs> and that's not good, is it? And this is a professor, this isn't me guys, this is a, a professor. So how do we improve this statistic? Well, there's many ways. But Hebrews 7, 8 says this, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And so one of the ways is to study biblical leaders and learn from their success. So again, going back to this fellow's study, the guys that finished well, what were the characteristics of the leaders that finished well in the Bible, that finished the race running? There were five, he came up with five characteristics, and I'll go through these quickly and then I'll close. Okay, uh, five things. Number one, leaders like Abraham, Joshua, Daniel, Paul, and Peter enjoyed deepening intimacy with God throughout their life. If you look at their writings, the tone, the touch of God, the revelation from God, and their trust in enabling grace, they had a strong devotional life. They maintained a personal, vibrant relationship with God until the end. Number two, they never stopped learning or growing, even as mature leaders, they did not plateau. 
As a leader, you know, a lot of times as leaders, they become complacent in ministry, and there's often a tendency to relax and rely on successes of the past. These guys didn't do it. Daniel is probably the classic Old Testament leader who exemplified this. In Daniel, in chapter 9, late in his life, he says he's studying the scriptures to learn. Paul, in 2 Timothy 4, asked for Timothy to bring his scrolls and his parchments so he could learn, he could study. And it begs the question, are we learning? Are we growing? What are we studying? What are we learning? How are we growing? Um, number three, they led with spiritual authority. Their followers recognized God's hand on their lives. I love this verse in uh, Genesis about Joseph. It says, the Lord is with Joseph so that he prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. So number four is they completed what God gave them to do. What God gave them to do. They were obedient. These guys were obedient. They fully submitted to the Lord. They were developed toward full potential and used significantly to advance God's purposes. They completed what God gave them to do. And the last characteristic is this, that they walked, these guys walked with a sense of destiny. That is an inner conviction arising from an experience or a series of experiences in which there is a growing sense of awareness that God has his hand on a leader in a special way for special purposes. The example would be Joseph's dreams when he saved Israel, Moses saving the nation, Paul's vision to take the gospel to the Gentiles. So those were the five characteristics of these guys. And the last thing, and I think the very best thing is, we may want, we may want to finish well, but the good news here is that God wants us to finish well. Philippians 1.9 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We have God on our side, right? So some, some of us, in this race, may still be running. Others may now be walking. Others may be limping. Some may be at the point of being disqualified. So let's go back to the verse that I said originally. How can we remedy that? It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We serve a God that loves us, that forgives us. We need to repent and ask God to forgive us and ask God to help us to continue on this race if that's where you find, you, find yourself today. And so finally, as I close, may Paul's passion as a leader burn within our hearts. I press on to take hold of, I press hold, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for these 17 new employees. I do pray, Father, I thank you that they starting well. I pray, Father, that they will finish well. I pray that we all will finish well in this race that you've commissioned us to run in, Lord. Father, help us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in. I know that I was challenged by John's devotion. I want to run the race that God has given me with perseverance. Lena's life and John's word encourage me to finish the race well. I want to stay in God's word, seeking him for wisdom each day. And it's a good reminder that God wants us to finish well, and he is for us. I loved his five points on how to follow God. One, strong devotional life. Two, never stop learning or growing. Three, be led with spiritual authority. Four, complete the work that God's given you to do. And five, walk with a sense of destiny. Please continue to pray for the Freiler family. And as I close, I wanna read two Psalms um, to offer comfort and hope. Psalm 39, seven. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. 
Psalm 33, 20 through 22. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. We're so thankful for the hope that we have in Christ. I pray that you're encouraged by these words today. Thank you again for tuning in and thank you for your prayers for the Freiler family. 